Welcome to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast, where our team is helping people build their financial freedom. And one of the things we talk a lot about is saving and investing 25% of one's income. And I'm your host, Joel Farrell. And each week we dig into the ways that people are generating more income to be able to save more money and the ways that they are investing that hard-earned dollar. And lastly, the how, how people are making these changes. Because again, we're talking about changes. We're talking about changing behaviors. Let's get into today's content so we can help you on your financial journey towards living a life with the power of choice. Welcome back to another episode of the Strive for Our Podcast. And I've got an amazing guest today, Cal Taylor with Cal Taylor Portraits. And this is a side business that he has. This kind of fits into our saving equation uh, series. You know, income minus your expenses equals your savings. And again, so much content out there about expenses and budgets. And in my opinion, not enough about generating more income. And uh, Kyle, thank you so much for making time today. Can you talk a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, from Jackson, Missouri, 33 years old. Um, my side hustle, as you call it, is uh, I do fine art paintings, uh, more specifically of professional athletes. Been doing that for a little over five years. And uh, I'd say within the last two to three years has really taken off for me. Awesome, awesome. Um, the most recent paintings that you you know you donated or gave away, can mm-hmm. you explain that a little bit? Yeah, we were uh, or I was able to reach out to a couple of St. Louis Cardinals baseball players, um, Nolan Gorman, Brendan Donovan, um, mainly Nolan Gorman, uh, created two uh, large pieces of art paintings. For them and uh, was able to go to Bush Stadium and present those to them in person. Uh, it's kind of a highlight for my my side hustle, uh, being able to actually present those pieces to the actual person. It's always a payoff emotionally to get to see somebody's reaction. Uh, but when somebody you see on TV and who a lot of people have respect for and you know very good at their craft, it's a little it means a little bit more. That's awesome. So you mentioned you know we've been doing this for five years, mm-hmm. right? And we mentioned a couple of professional baseball players. Can you kind of uh, explain the journey? The, you know, where, where do things start on this kind of professional athlete uh, standpoint? Um, always had a little bit of an aptitude for art and uh, a love for sports. I thought, what better way to, to merge the two than to do artwork of professional athletes? Uh, and it's uh, a blessing and a curse that social media is so prevalent. Uh and lends itself well to the professional sports world. A lot of those guys are approachable and available on social media. Uh, so starting out, just did what I liked. Uh, would pick subject matter that I was into. I was not ever thinking when I started that I would ever be uh, in Bush Stadium handing a painting of mine to a professional athlete. That was not ever on my radar. Um, I really just wanted to get feedback from anybody on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it was. And that little bit of kind of validation kind of sparks you and keeps you going. It kind of grows like wildfire. And you start to build self-belief. Well, maybe I couldn't get into Bush Stadium one day. You know, maybe one of these guys, you know, maybe they wouldn't mind having one of my paintings. Um, and then when that kind of first happens for the first time, you're like, oh, this is this is a reality. We could do this. And the, the bar kind of gets set a little bit higher each time start reaching, you know, starting to broaden your your platform a little bit. Not to say that I'm of some major platform, but for me, a little guy from Jackson, Missouri, uh, it's already way bigger than I ever would have hoped when I started, for sure. That, that's crazy. Um, you mentioned self-belief, building that self-belief. What was that first uh, moment where you said, okay, that what painting was it? What was the, what was the reaction or what was the feedback that you got that made you think, okay, maybe, maybe this is, could go somewhere? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> Other than my mother okay. telling me that I was doing a good job. Just the kind of, I mean, we're very fortunate to live in an area where the fan base of the St. Louis Cardinals is so passionate and for the large majority, really great people. And so when you kind of become part of that brotherhood and, you know, they see, Oh, you know, he's, he's passionate just like us. They can they tend to root for you and help you spur you along. Um, I think really the first time I ever posted something 
to the masses and just put myself out there, whether they were going to tell me, hey, that doesn't look anything like the guy. You're terrible. Get out of here. We don't want to see it anymore. You know, it, it, only, it only takes a couple of comments of somebody being pissed, but it's pretty good. You know, you should do more of this. Or, I'd love to see more of this. Or, you know, the first time somebody's like, what do you charge for that? You're thinking, well, I didn't think anybody would even want to buy it. So I hadn't thought about it. Um, do you, yeah. Do you remember that first transaction? The first painting that you sold, that is that, that initial one? Uh, yeah, I do. It was a drawing. I, I started out doing just graphite pencil drawings uh, before I ever even picked up a paintbrush. And uh, that first drawing was, uh, let's see, it was Michael Walker's aunt. She reached out and requested that I draw a picture of him just as a family member. Just She just wanted it for her own keepsake. And I thought, wow, you know said that's that was close enough of a connection to a professional athlete mm -hmm. i was i was perfectly set right i didn't need anything more that was really cool i thought it was awesome that one day he might be at her house and be like oh that's neat you know do that that's cool that's good enough for me so that was kind of gives you the, the taste of it, it was like i want to do this some more you know I wanna, let's see how far we can go with this so if you're out there listening to that um you know and you're curious about what these these graphics and what these paintings look like, uh, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram is the best. Uh, it's where you're able to really view the artwork the best. Uh, it's at Kyle Taylor Portraits. Uh, and then on Facebook, it's Kyle Taylor Portraits as well. That's a little more catered to uh, the community that follows me on there as far as my availability for commissions, things like that. What I'm up to uh, Instagram is more just, here's what I painted. You know? okay. So... You know, you, you have these couple paintings and you give to Nolan Gorman, who's a stud, Brent Donovan, a great utility player. Um, you know, when you look at the kind of the, the horizons of that economy, because you and I were talking about this before that, you know, you put the work in and you, you, you focus on the process, not necessarily the results. Mm -hmm. Things come, doors open that you may not even imagine. Um, you know, what, where do you see this going? What, what, what's your what's your dream on the Louis Fugel? My dream would be to kind of uh, break down that barrier that that exists right now between my artwork and the professional athlete, I guess, kind of whatever red tape that there is to go through to um, approach somebody and say, hey, I've, either I've already commissioned a piece of you or, uh, or I'm working on one of you, whatever it may be. I'd love to get to a level where, you know, my artwork is, is hand in hand, where, you know, they might approach me for the commission instead of me, you know, the opposite. Uh, so yeah, just that availability, you know, to, to get my artwork to a place where it's reputable enough that it can be synonymous with uh, organizations and ball clubs of that caliber. And I think, you know, you mentioned that the stuff you paint is, is, is one of one. Correct. Kind of stuff. Can, can you explain more about what that means? Yeah. So uh, starting out, the, the goal was monetary. Um, the only way I really knew to put a gauge on success for it was how much money could I potentially ever make off of my work. Um, but kind of through experiences that, that may necessarily not pay, those were way more valuable than 50 bucks here or 25 bucks here for a print of my work. And I just started to realize that the, the artwork became more part of an experience uh, for that person and for me. Uh, and those experiences opened those doors that kind of stair-stepped me to, to bigger platforms. And just the, it's not worth the $25 off of a print in exchange for, um, this is the only piece of art. I've, you know, I've worked two weeks to a month in some, some instances on this piece of work. This is for you. Uh, no one else will ever have it. No one else will ever have a print of it. Um, you own the only one. You know, to me, I think that I hope shows a little bit of value um, character-wise and also shows a little bit of value to the actual piece itself. So I don't want to cheapen that experience or the artwork. So to kind of rewind the clock, right? You mentioned that you started this at a certain level maybe five years ago, um, but you've also got a day job. you got a family. Yeah. you got uh, one baby on the way on top of the one where you have. Can you kind of... Um, Explain a little bit more about uh, the other stuff you have going on. Yeah, so uh, we are a sister 
company to a, a company in St. Louis called Snowpro Truck Equipment. They specialize in uh, truck repairs, lift gates, full opposite right brain thinking than painting. Uh, I will say I don't know everything about that business, but uh, it's a family business. Uh, in the wintertime, we work on snowplows and salt spreaders for different municipalities. Um, it is a very intense uh, job detail-wise. Um, you're dealing with uh, customers who need their equipment, you know, like hard deadlines, things like that. Um, so, yeah, polar opposite of painting um, requires a whole different mindset. It's uh, It's rewarding in its own way. Uh, it's good. To, it's in the same sense you're watching a business grow because we, you know, we started out three years ago doing that. Um, so yeah, there's there's some give and take to both sides of what I do, but uh, they are polar opposite. Yeah, because you're you're managing people, correct? You know, and systems, logistics guys. So. Doing my best to. Right. <laughs> right. Um, what were you doing before that role? Before that job? I worked at a civil engineering firm uh, in Jackson uh, for better part of seven years. Uh, worked in a materials lab. So you're working on testing soil for foundations of buildings, concrete mixes and designs. Uh, a lot of stuff, once again, that's right-brained, a lot of science, math, STEM stuff. Um, that, and we, we spoke before we got on here, it, it's out of necessity. You know, the time I needed a position that was gonna provide, and a position to open up that I know everything was I qualified even necessarily probably not but I was given the materials to learn everything I needed to learn and I busted my hind in and I read the materials and made myself adept enough to be dangerous <laughs> and be kept around long enough uh, you know right brain versus left brain you know complementary you know supplementary polar opposites kind of mindset does that that experience along those, those years of working on that side of things, does that affect anything on in terms of how you approach things or what you do or your end product with the, in the painting world? I would say definitely working with people uh, in the day job realm helps you manage expectations with clients in the artwork realm. Um, you're a little bit more realistic. It can turn in a, a, a side hustle can turn a little bit into a pipe dream. And you can have unexpected, your unrealistic expectations of what you're going to do. Um, it's it's good to have a a steady, uh, level-headed day job where you don't let yourself get in the clouds a little too much. Because um, sometimes those unexpected or those unrealistic expectations can be dangerous. You can kind of set yourself up for, well, if I don't achieve this, then man, just give it up. You know, yeah. we we didn't do a million dollars in sales in our first month. So what's the use? You know, when you work slowly, uh, year after year, watch something grow, you realize that there's steps to it and you've got to be, you know, any incremental success is very, very good. You know, a lot of people don't even get that. So count yourself fortunate when you're able to make positive strides. Yeah, I mean, I think that that outlook is uh, is unique in this environment because I think, you know, social media, you know, this, this generation, Gen Y, Gen Z, you know, a lot of the expectations are I want I don't want I want things right now, you know, especially with the smartphone at your fingertips. I mean, you can literally get anything you want in minutes, order something within minutes. And so to have that perspective of understanding that things do take time and try to, you know, prepare yourself for the right expectation, I think is important. Um, when you look at, you know, managing time, right? I mean, we were talking about this previously. It's like day job, family. How do you find time to work on this stuff? So it's a juggling act. Uh, it's I, I would love it to be a scheduled regimented time. Like on Tuesdays I paint or on Wednesday afternoon, that's when I paint. What it really looks like is, okay, church is out. Uh, my wife and little girl, we're, we're going to go shopping. So, okay, I've got about an hour and a half. I can sneak in there and get whatever I can done and maybe touch base and be like, I hit a couple more stores and then, you know, get another half hour in there. Uh, that's what it looks like. Oh, yeah. now. Can you pick me up some uh, extra peanut butter? Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes it looks like, you know, had a long day at my day job, come home and like, I could use an hour of just kind of chilling out and pain, you know, do you mind? Um, so yeah, you've got to be creative because it's real easy to sit on the couch as soon as you get home. Everybody knows, you know, you get home from a long day of work when your butt hits the couch, it's hard to get back up. Yeah. You're kind of playing. 
So if you just kind of stay in the rhythm, um, and like we talked a little bit about before we got on here, the, the motivation of your family, you know, as as much as it's a self-gratifying thing to have that side hustle, and in the end, I'm doing it for them. You know, and that's my motivation. You know, what's how can I create a better life for them? Um, and it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be in the form of, hey, we made 200K this year. Let's, you know, we're going on a vacation. You know, it could just be as much as like, hey, I've got groceries this week. It's on me. And we can enjoy that. You know, that, that, that's all it's got to be. Well, I love that. Yeah. You know, celebrating wins. Oh, yeah. You know, are, is important. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, World Series ring. It doesn't have to be, you know, a different motion. It can be a little bit of wins that stack up over time. Yeah. The stacking up is is awesome. You know, when something culminates into, well, it just goes into setting goals, really. You just set a goal as a family. You know, we'd like to be here and here financially. Um, whatever I do side hustle wise, they can expedite time between now to then and get there a little bit quicker. You know, that's that's high fives before you go to bed. Right, right, right. Let's do it. You know? We're doing it. Yeah, we you know we get the vacation sooner. We can you know make this investment quicker. Um, and I think at the same time, uh, if you're able to do your side hustle in a way that doesn't take away from the other stuff, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's coming in to sacrifice the time with family, probably not worth it in the long run because that time is fleeting. Um, I could paint. Till I'm 70, you know, my daughter's only going to be three for a year. So you just got to weigh stuff like that. And uh, it's a team effort. Yes, I paint the pictures, but my wife is 100% a part of every aspect of it. She roots me on the whole time and she helps with the finding time part. She helps me to do that. She knows it's important yeah. to me. Sure. That, that's awesome. From, um, you know, I, I find myself kind of going into these patterns of, inspiration you know that inspiration is there whether you know for me it could be you know writing a book or working on social media uh you know ideas and uh videos and things like that you know i, I have that inspiration it's like oh, shit, I'm, I'm gonna keep on going i don't want to lose that 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 rolling feeling um and there are the, days where it's not there yeah when you're in the lab as i call it you know when they when it hits that's that those one of those two three a.m nights when you're feeling it, the mojo's there and you feel like you're cooking but yeah oh yeah it's magic in the bottle man it's good stuff yeah, and you know, kind of going back to the the sports world, like when you have that, you're, when you're in the zone, mm -hmm. right? Like everything's working perfectly, everything's in sync. It's just this this unique feeling, and then like the next day, it's like, where the hell did that go? How, oh. how, how do I get back there? Mm -hmm. So for you, do you have a routine or a process that gets you there or closer to that that uh, in, in the zone? Um, for me personally, I look back on prior successes. Um, so anytime, for instance, I've got a commission coming up for a gentleman in Long Island, huge Mets fan. Um, he loves Francisco Lindor, and he's picked out a perfect image. I'm really excited about it. It's a lot of detail. The intimidating aspect to that is looking at the New York market. Those are rabid fans, right? So, you know, when I post this to social media and tag the New York Mets or Mets Mafia or whatever I do trying to get exposure, there's a little bit of like, are they going to pound me here? Or are they going to like tear this to shreds? Or you know what? So I go back and look at previous uh, artworks I've done. Like, you know, these went well. You know, have confidence in what you are able to do. Um, you've proven it over time. And it, it kind of gives you that like, okay, all right. You know, I got it. I can do this. You know, there's nothing. Well, you were scared the first time you ever posted it. But you still get the, the jitters the, the, the very next time. You know, I could liken it to going on stage. Yeah, I mean, it, there's tons of people on social media, and it, social media can be ruthless, and the people can be tough. So yeah, just kind of looking back, reminding yourself you can do this, you know, whatever language you know. If you're intensive, you have to be like, I am that guy. No, I can do this. Uh, yeah, just re reassuring yourself, like you got that magic, you can do it. You did it once before. Let's do it again. You know. Yeah, uh, Steph Curry. Went for 50 points in a game seven last night. I'm a big NBA fan. And, yeah. you know, he talked about after the game, you know, yeah, you mentioned, you know, anxiety and jitters. Those guys, yeah, you get the, jitter, you get the jitter. I, the game. I can't imagine. But like you said, you kind of go back to past works and mm -hmm. you realize you put the work in and, you know, the ball drops and it all goes away. Absolutely. Um, is there, you know, when you look back on this process, uh, and you know, in our in our original talk, you mentioned that you can just you have this skill that you've been able to kind of amplify and build. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but what are some of the things along the way that you say, hey, this, this one, two, one or two things really helped you find your craft and, and, and uh, build your craft to that specialty? Um, other artists, you're not necessarily always going to have a mentor in your line of work. You know, I, I think people that do have mentors are extremely lucky. So it's what's helped me is to not necessarily compare myself to artists that I think are excellent, that I have a lot of respect for, um, but uh, not necessarily emulate, but kind of use tricks that they use, you know, whether that be uh, styles of mixing colors or using different color backgrounds to make your work pop, focusing on images to paint that focus on the face rather than the logo on the hat, um, using images of specific moments from sporting events, not just a stock image of a random guy. Um, you know, if you type in Albert Pujols, he's got thousands of images. What's going to set my work apart? You know, is it going to be, am I going to choose one just because he's got a smile face, you know, and it looks good? Or am I going to choose an image that would elicit a memory from someone who looked at it like, oh, I remember when he hit that home run. But that was a big moment. And it's just kind of strategy and it ties into marketing and it ties into, you know, you're trying to build yourself to, uh, with artwork especially, get as much reaction you know, especially a visceral one, you know, somebody's only going to scroll through and look at your image for a split second. And mm -hmm. if you can get them to stop on that scroll and actually click like, you've done your job. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you have a favorite one you've done that, that has meaning to you or special to you in a certain way? Um, favorite one? I, I would have to say uh, it's not even a sports painting. I, I painted a portrait of Atticus and Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird for my father-in-law. He's a huge Kill a Mockingbird fan. And uh, it was totally outside my comfort zone. It was, uh, I, I I did it totally on just good faith. Just kind of started and said, oh, if it doesn't turn out the way I want, he's my father-in-law, he'll be nice and just still say thanks, you know? Uh, but it turned out to be beautiful. And I thought, yeah, it's probably my favorite one. Now, as far as experiences, I would have to say, uh, Gorman and Don was, is up there. Uh, just the responses that they got. I mean, I think they were genuinely surprised at uh, the size of the work one and uh, hopefully the quality, you know? So, um, you know, being around those guys, is there anything we can share with any conversations or experiences just that, you know, be a little bit insight on, on that? I would say for the large majority, they're all just genuine dudes. Uh, absolutely down to earth. You know, I've never had a bad run in with anybody. Uh, in the whole organization, to be honest with you, um, they probably had every reason to, to shut the door on me and tell me I can't get lost, you know. Uh, but they've always been accommodating. They've always let me in to uh, have access to whatever player was wanting a painting. But yeah, I mean, they're just regular guys, you know. And it's funny because when I started, so I would have made me 27, 28 years old, closer to the age of some of these players that I'm, you know, interacting with. And now that I'm 33, going on 34, you know, they're just kids, you know? I mean, a lot of them, they're, they're young men, you know? There's there's really not as big of a, a barrier or a, a stardom barrier as you think there would be. I mean, they're just guys, and, you know, I'm sure it's a little bit awkward to receive a giant painting of yourself. You don't know exactly what to say, and I get that. Um, but, yeah, I have nothing but positive things to say about anybody, yeah. That's awesome. From a you know a social media standpoint, you know, reaching out to an organization, and like, how does that even start? How does that evolve and start rolling? And somebody wants to, you know, make a connection like that. I'm telling myself a little bit. Uh, so, you know, one of you talk about goals I have or dreams I have. You know, one would be to work hand in hand with the St. Louis Cardinals. That's my hometown team. You know, I'm passionate about the season ups or downs. Um. You know, that's a lot of my inspiration behind why I paint anything, really. I mean, most of the time, if I'm painting, I've got the ball game on, listening to, you know, rest in peace, Mike Shannon, but, you know, listening to the radio broadcast. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe. It's uh, you're going through a situation where you're, you want to be hand in hand with the Cardinals, but you also want to respect that, you know, that I, they can't accommodate. Of course, everybody wants that. So, you, you know, they did that to everybody. It wouldn't be feasible. But uh, 
one of the goals I had was to become maybe almost like an employee of them with my artwork and, and be used as a tool to help uh, promote the team. Uh, you know, that, that'd be a dream of mine to do that. That's awesome. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, uh, family life, you know, finding time. Your, your wife works, right? She yes, she's a high school, school drama teacher, yes, and language. So, you know, when you, when you talk about goals and talk about, you know, even finances and spending, taking time away from the family to do this stuff, I mean, what kind of conversations do you guys have, you know, around, you, know, you mentioned that your wife roots you on and it helps you find time. Like, what are some of those conversations like, you know, at home? Uh almost always positive um she's a, a huge supporter and believer and and what i do um you know eternally thankful for that uh yeah it's never really a source of contempt ever uh, and i do my best not to push the issue to, to strain important time um yeah but like i said you know a lot of those high five moments of, you know when i have success we have success you know that money doesn't go to kyle's fund Fun fund, you know, that goes, that helps the family. Um, it's a lot of, you know, what can I do to help? What can we, let's look at our schedule this week. When can we carve out more time for you to, to be able to do that? Um, and kind of keeping her in uh, in the know of what I've got coming up. What, you know, do I have a big deadline coming up? Do I have a, a big project coming up? Uh, for instance, in July, uh, I did some work previously with Miami Marlins. They're coming to town. In July, and uh, Sandy Alcantara, who's last year's National League Cy Young Award winner, I'm doing a painting of him. Well, in the process of kind of ironing all of that out, the Cardinals got wind of it, and you know they're interested in filming that uh, that exchange. You know when I actually hand him that painting, and so to me that's like okay, that takes priority. Whatever I got going on, we got to handle this out first. It's got to take full attention. First person to know that's my wife. You know, hey, this is coming up. You know, if you notice me a little bit more, you know, intense on needing time to 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 work on this stuff, I'm just letting you know that's that's what's going on. Keep her in the nose, like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Whatever we need to do. So you got some some work with the um, with a Mets player and a thing, I guess maybe. Yes, so, yeah, just a band, yeah. So you got the Mets one coming up. Um, I almost said Robinson Cano, uh, but yeah, Lindor. Lindor, yeah. Um, and then Sino Alcantara, Samo's connection, he's a Man, right? Yeah, the, tough topic for some fans. Right. Uh, we kind of let that one go. He yeah. was uh, Azuna trade. Yes, it was. Yeah. To keep him around would have been a that smart been, move. That'd been nice. <laughs> so, what kind of timelines or deadlines? How, how does that work when you're talking to these people? You know, what kind of timelines do you have uh, mapped out? Well, for that one, obviously, you're working on a three-day window. You know, they're only in town for three days. Um, and you've got to also consider he may be pitching one of those days. So, you know, that knocks one of them out. You just got to, you just got to make it work. And that, that comes down to how bad do you want it? You know, do you have to work late nights the week before to make yourself free that day so that you can go and not interrupt other things? Um, yeah. It's just what you prioritize. What, when is that series? Uh, it's July 18th. Okay. Yeah. That's as of right now. That's you know the tenor plan. Yeah. So how do, I mean how does that conversation even start? Who who, who initiates that? Uh, it's really just kind of networking over years and years and years, paying off. Uh, it goes all the way back to taking a sports management class in college in 2012. Uh, becoming friends and networking with a guy there who ended up busting his tail to make it through the ranks in the major leagues. And now he's a, uh, I think he's a replay official for the Miami Marlins. Uh, posting my artwork online, him reaching out and being like, hey, remember me? You know, you know yeah, hey, what are you up to? Like, well, I've worked for the Marlins now. And like, we'd love for you to, you know, last year I did a painting of Jazz Chisholm and we flew down to Miami and presented him with it. And it was awesome. And he was like, next year we're doing it again. You know, let's make it happen. Like, Absolutely. You know, so yeah, just, and that's it's such a huge thing too. You come across so many people. It's so important to treat that time that you have with somebody. It's so cliche, like you know, a first impressions made so fast, and you may only have like an elevator pitch to to make your point or whatever. Um, I had no idea when I had a class with this guy, you know, 2012. That this was, you know, I had no idea, you know, but because 
you, you learn to build relationships and network and stay in contact, you know, you never know what could happen. In your business dealings and running, you know, running these companies and all that, do you feel like that's commonplace, that relationship building? It should be. I would put it that way. I think if you're not doing that, you're making a, a, a mistake. Um, not only are you kind of doing a disservice to that person because you never know when you may be able to be a help to them, but also, you know, they, they, never, they could be a help to you. Um, I think it's it may be industry driven a little bit, depending on what your line of work is, could be less personable or, you know, less one on one or in person. Even, you know, you mentioned earlier about how a lot of people work from home now. You know, I think if you have an opportunity in your line of work to have one on one interactions with people, why not make them as awesome as you can? Uh, it's easy to say you can have tough days where you're like, okay, I'm time for this, get out of here. But I think if your your mind and your heart are in the right place, if you did act that way when that person left, you'd probably be like, you know, I, I should handle that better, you know, or you regret it later, you know. Um, so yeah, I think being the personal relationship of, I mean, like I said, even with the artwork stuff, it's huge. Yeah, and for listeners out there, you know, we mentioned you, know, you can find some of your work at uh, Kyle Taylor Portraits on IG on and Facebook. Um, and you know, this is also going to be uh, on on YouTube. And so we actually have a couple of paintings in here, and these are a few of your earlier ones, right? Jim Edmonds and, and uh, Ken Griffin. Yeah, so the Edmonds is probably three years old, and the Griffey actually is the first painting I ever did. First time I picked up a paintbrush, that was the first painting I did. And that was in what year? Eighteen. 18 yeah end of 17 beginning of 18 yeah um really we just wanted to choose uh images that captured his face um a lot of the images and you see roaming the outfield uh doing athletic feats um i wanted to focus more on the human aspect uh, a little bit more emotion of his actual face um a little less uh fine detail and more focused on the shadow playing off uh, i believe this one was out of a photograph of the, him in the dugout um, yeah, just more of a, a simplistic piece. You signed it, right? Yeah, right. How, how did that? How did that uh, conversations get set up? Oh, he was just doing a public autograph signing. Oh no, shit! You, you brought that in there? Yeah, I mean, you just you got you know kids walking in with their baseballs and stuff. I was like, nah, we're gonna blow this out of the water. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, um, let's 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 get the Ken Griffey one. Yeah, sure. So this is uh, obviously Ken Griffey Jr. This is the first painting I ever did. I worked off of a baseball card. Um, uh, the original artwork was done by an artist last name Perez, I believe. It was an old Donner's Diamond Kings baseball card. I uh, loved the artwork, loved how he did it. And I just kind of, in my mind, took away the the verbiage of the actual baseball card, just mm -hmm. focused on the actual artwork itself. Um, I'd say this is where I generated my, my style from the most. I would lend myself to calling it kind of a a more fluid form of stained glass, kind of breaking each shadow up into its own shape, its own color, its own tone. Uh, and then just going from there, you know, every, I kind of look at people's faces uh, in a way that's different from most, you know, I follow a shadow and just kind of draw that outline of how it comes across the eye, the nose, the mouth. Um, you, know, you hit your highlights with your yellows and your darks with your blues. And uh, yeah. Just work that way. Yeah, because I remember looking at the Nolan Gormer one, and that one stood out. And now, front the image in front of me, obviously, but the angles, the the way that the angles popped, mm -hmm. just was, they hit hard. And you you play with it as you're painting. So when you put one color next to another, um, this might be a gentle shadow, but I want to make it pop. So I'm going to choose the next color, you know, the color next to it to be even darker, so they play off of each other, uh, just as in the way black and white really stand out next to each other. You know, if I were to do all of the, the whole face in a tone like this, which is more natural to how skin really is, they'd be very subtle changes between the shadows on the face. But when you start choosing different hues and tones that are so far away from each other, it makes those more extreme. They pop more. Anything else that you want to kind of throw out there from inspiration or techniques or philosophies? Uh, Norman Rockwell would be my number one muse, I guess. I mean, if you look back at uh, his life's work, he was constantly, constantly working. Uh, then you look back at uh, 
kind of his his earnings on his illustrations and his paintings, he did extremely well profit wise. But you wonder if he ever got to enjoy it because he produced so much artwork that if you kind of timeline it out, he was constantly working. And so I try to do that in a way myself, constantly be working on something. You know, don't take a month off. Not only do you get rusty, uh, but you'll thank yourself later and be like, well, I'm glad I was proactive. And even though I didn't have a deadline that month, I still created something and kept the kept the ball moving. I mean, but that's so easy to say. How do you how do you keep that going? It's so easy to just take a break. You know, I need, I need a break. How do you how do you stop that that natural intuition of taking over? Just try like because I have taken that month off before and hated the way that I felt afterwards. Like I wasted something. That you don't want to feel that way again. And I guess the reward of having the feeling the opposite way of you know I painted something for no one in particular posted it on Instagram or Facebook and it got a great reception. People really liked it. And I had no plans of painting that for any other reason. They look back and like, I wasn't going to paint anything. And I stayed busy and got a little better that week, painted something and look, it paid off. You know, it was, it was, it was a positive week instead of just a wasted week. Yep. That's awesome. I think once you buy into that, that mindset, it snowballs. You know, like, all right, we're not going to waste any time. If, if a week can be wasted, you know, it's easily to waste a day. And then it turns into what can I do today to not waste this day? What My deadline Sunday, I could put it off and do it Saturday night, turn it into the deadline, or I could get it done today on Monday. And now I've got a whole week left. Deadline's already met. I could create another piece this week, you know? Yeah. And like that, the mantra of fear having a powerful force from it, find it. That feeling you have. You've had a, a wasted month. Mm -hmm. Tapping into that fear, tapping into those feelings, something that you can tap into over and over again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And that, which you've got two young ones, and we've got one now. But the also the, the kind of mental aspect of knowing, you know, okay, well, when that second baby comes, time's about to get cut even more. You know, so do it while you can, man. You know, get it in there and be as productive as you possibly can now. You know, you'll find time later, I'm sure, but it's not going to be like right now. You're not going to have this freedom. Uh, and so I, I even tell, you know, young people who are interested in art come up to me before, you know, in college. You know, what advice can you give me? I'm just like, just, David, just be productive. That's it. I mean, just create artwork. Someone out there is going to have a taste that likes what you do. Maybe not be for everybody. This isn't for everybody. Somebody's going to like it. And when they like it, they may want more. If you sit there and be like, well, I, I really didn't have a reason to make anything, so I didn't. But if you're able to be like, oh, I've got a dozen things that I've prepared, you're going you're gonna to thank yourself so much. Dominoes start falling. Oh, yeah. So somebody that's you know, out there thinking, where do I start? I, want, I, I have this talent in painting or artistic or whatnot, whatever it is. What kind of advice would you give that person? Um, start with what you like. Uh, choose subject matter that you like that you're interested in you know I'd be lying if I didn't think of five other side hustles to try before I landed on this one um, a lot of people in my area started their own uh, landscaping companies or you know, they go in yards on the side you know, yeah I could do that go buy a mower and pull a trailer and get 15 yards but I would hate it I'd be miserable so I would rather spend my time doing something that I really enjoy and maybe not making as much financially on it but having my time feel fulfilled rather than go make good money but be miserable um, so i'd say just as long as you're enjoying it that's half the battle it's more than half the battle uh, if you've got an interest in it you're passionate enough to spend your extra your free time doing that uh, i think one you're going to fulfill you know yourself uh, and i think two it's going to pay off because you're going to be more passionate about working hard towards that it's not going to be pulling teeth to put an extra hour doing something you love. You're going to be excited to do it. Uh, you're going to think of new ideas. You're going to think of ways to market it, promote it. Um, you're going to be passionate about growing it. And it's going to snowball even harder when you do start to see success. You're going to really be like, okay, you know, this is it's totally worth it. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, side hustles, like we said, are, are becoming a growing, almost a phenomenon. Everybody is kind of looking for a way to supplement the income and grow. Um, 
I just I think it's so easy to fizzle out and burn out if you do something that you're not that you don't have a heart for. Um, so yeah, yeah, and, and that's something that we talked about previously too. You know, because you went to school for a period of time, right? Mm -hmm. in, in this world, so started out uh, started out as an art major, and funny enough. Um, when you start out as an art major, everyone starts on the same level. Whether you're coming as Van Gogh or Joe Blow off the street, um, everybody takes the same thing called foundations courses, kind of beginner courses in drawing, beginner courses in uh, figure drawing, beginner courses in color composition. And when you do that for a full class load, three-hour seminar classes for a whole semester, you're just like, the last thing I want to do is touch a pencil or a paintbrush that I don't want anything to do with it. Well, I love doing it before. And so I was able to recognize I got to jump ship because I'm going to end up hating what I love to do. Just, just purely being burnt out. Um, and so it's, 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 it's doable. You know, you can, you can, I had to twist it in a way that, that I enjoyed it still, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, when it was regimented by somebody else, uh, wasn't a big, big fan of that. Going backwards in time, I mean, are there any of those people that you know of that continued on and got into jobs in that in that world? Uh, I mean, if they became an art educator, you could see that as an art teacher. Uh, the, the term starving artist is very real. You've got to find a very specific niche and find someone who loved your work enough to take you under their wing and put the time to promote you out there and or you've got to have an amazing story behind your artwork uh, or be a just a complete wizard with marketing and social media. Um, artwork is a very saturated field, a lot, a lot of different tastes, and um, it's really easy to be lost in the mix, I guess, if you will. So, uh, yeah, kind of the, the, the off-ramp there was to become an art educator, um, and I, I didn't want any part of that. You know, I, I had no desire to to teach. I'm not. That's not my thing. I don't even know if I could teach. I don't even know how I could express help someone else how to do what I do. I don't. Um. So yeah, that was another wake up call. You know, you have certain standards that you want to live by uh, in life. There's things you want to do and want to achieve. If you recognize that the lane you're in is not going to be able to provide that, change lanes. Trust your gut. Sure. You know. You know, I knew that what, for what I wanted for, for my future family, I probably wasn't going to be able to attain those goals on the salary of a uh, starving artist. So I needed to jump ship. Let's find something else. You love art. Okay, we can still do that in our free time. But uh, for, to pay the bills, we got to find something more realistic. From a social media standpoint, and we touched on that for a, a little bit earlier. You know, when you started that journey of putting your work out there, I mean, did you, where did you find inspiration? Where did you find the resources? Did you just start and do it? How did you get started on, on the social media side? Uh, start off real rough. Uh, just a, a rough iPhone image of painting I did. I didn't know anything about lighting. I didn't know anything about hashtags and algorithms and tagging people or teams. I didn't know nothing about that. Um, I actually had a thought the other day, you know, if I went back and reposted some of the artwork I very first did, I probably would get a whole new uh, kind of list of people who were interested because when I first did it, I was getting maybe five to ten people looking at it because I didn't know anything about it. But yeah, as you do it, you grow, you learn, uh, you start wondering, you know, those uh, those little how-to tutorial videos that pop up every now and then, like, would you like to grow your platform by, you know, so and so many followers? Before, you'd think that was a waste of time, but then you're like, yeah, okay, what do I need to do? And you kind of pay attention. You know, not everything is a, well, most things are, but not everything's a money grab. You know, they're not necessarily trying to just empty your pocketbook. There are some some valuable tools out there you can learn from. Um, and that you're not just an artist. You're also your own PR firm, your own marketing agent, your own HR, you know, you manage your own bills. Uh, legal aspects, you know, and I do taxes for the first time a couple of years ago on my artwork and I had no idea what I was doing there. You know, I wish I had somebody do it for me, but hey, this is just you, bud, so figure it out. From a standpoint of 
pulling all this together, right? You know, we mentioned all those things, accounting, taxes, marketing, PR, social media. You know, do you have anything that keeps you organized? Any planning, any systems or any, any courses you take, any, any anything you advise on that world? I'm just a big list guy. Goals, actions, short term, long term, make a list, put it on paper. Um, I think I showed you in our Zoom call. Yeah. Um, yep. A ritual I have every morning at work is even if it's the same list from the previous day, I still rewrite it. Um, each item I write down, I'm giving time to think through if something changed from yesterday to today. Um, it's getting my my thoughts. You know, I'm putting time into each thing. And even if I don't accomplish it that day, let's write it on the next day. Be mindful of it. Uh, and the power of being able to cross something off of a list is you. It's so big, you know, seeing that line go through there, a highlighter, whatever you use, like, I did that today. Whatever else happens today, we got that, you know, all right. That, that for me personally, that works. I love that. Obviously, everyone's different, you know, but that, that it, it is powerful stuff, you know, and acknowledging those wins, you know, mm-hmm. you look back on it. You know, you've got a lot of cool things coming up here in the summer, um, like you mentioned before. Kind of going back to the old adage of, you know, that one thing that kind of changes the way you look at things. You know, Patrick Beck David, he's got a you know massive following. He's a CEO of a life insurance company, and he kind of talks about um, this massive moment in your life. that's you know emotional, maybe it's a failure, struggle. Uh, he calls it a paradigm shift moment that changes the way your trajectory of your life is and or, or may go. Can you put your fingers or, or, or mindset on something that's changed? You know, your entire course. Um, so eventually I was able to do a painting, uh, for Michael Walker, uh, for him at going off of being able to draw the picture of him for his aunt. I eventually was able to actually make a full size painting and present it to him. Uh, the Cardinals were able to uh, do a story on that for Fox Sports. And it was like a minute and a half, but dude, it was the biggest high ever. I get to call my family and tell them, hey, watch the pregame. I'm going to be on there. And, uh, Jim Hayes, who's oh, not hit, forget you. He's one of the many voices of the Cardinals. You watch him every day. He's talking about you, and you're on the TV, and it's just the validation and the you can do this. And uh, look at the arena you're in right now. And this all started from nothing. You know, two dollar pencil. What do you what do you think was going to happen? Uh, the the kind of fire that, that started, the, the belief in myself of okay, we can do this. You know, this it's real. It's not a it's not a hope one day this happens. It just happened. So are we stopping now? You know, did you just you okay, you made you done? You know, we give it up now? We're not giving up, but you know, if you you're satisfied, you, you stop there. Heck no. Let's let's get let's be on ESPN. Let's do what else can we do? You know, but and you're just you're hungry. You're just like, I want more. Who else can I pay for? Who else can I reach? Um, yeah, that, that was it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you got the baby coming what month? August. August 6th. August. So you got a few months here of, of more time. We're hitting so hard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're getting as, absolutely as much painting done as we can before the baby arrives because it'll be all hands on deck. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. Me personally, you know, that those first 30 days was just a complete, just whirlwind. I, I, don't, I don't remember any of it. Well, see, you got twins. And see, uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine. He had twins. And we were all kind of sitting around and another buddy of mine just had their, they're going to have their second one. I was like, I feel like the jump from one kid to two kids, is going to be like pretty noticeable. Like time's going to cut and, 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 you know, you're not able to tag team one kid. You got to split up the time. And my other buddy with twins chimed in. He's like, you think one to two is better. They tried to zero to two. He's like, I had no buffer. It was just, instant, you know. <laughs> yeah. There was this moment. I remember um, my mother-in-law would come over and stay the night. I guess there I was, you know, uh, breastfeeding at the time and you know in and out and sleeping and so she'd come over that first 30 days and you know stay over at night and we kind of tag team because they were up and up all, all night and i think it was like three weeks in i was in like this hysteria delirium like no sleep and i was like alita i think i'm gonna die <laughs> and like she looked at me and she started both up laughing and we out there laughing and like we'll get through this we we'll get through it, no big deal. And you know, we're not the first, you know, but like, oh no, no, not the first, but good to think that too. <laughs> Mankind has got like come a long way. We're, we're no special people. We got all the same stuff. That's right. Who, who was your favorite player growing up? King Griffey Jr. Okay. Not a doubt. 
the dude could rock a backwards baseball hat, blow a bubble, and just hit like 450. I mean, he's and then he's gonna just tear. He's just a freak, and he just had fun. You know, yeah. that's a big reason I like uh, Lars Newbar so much. Yeah, he just has a good time. He's always having a good time. I mean, just like in what we do, having fun in your side hustle. I mean, those guys, of course, they get paid handsomely. Right. Uh, but they love what they do. You know, I bet to them, you know, it's not going to work. I'm sure some days it is. But when you love what you do, I mean, it's cliche, but you just have a ball. I mean, you, didn't, you never saw King Griffey Jr. without a smile on his face. I mean, when you get 500 foot home runs, it yeah. makes it a little bit easier. But yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, you know, coming up on time, you know, you got a lot of big stuff happening in 2023. Um, are you putting a thought to 2024? Yeah. So uh, 2024, we're probably going to get uh, get a little bit more into upscaling. Um, you know, we talked about the artwork being one of one. Uh, we're going to stay true to that for individual clients you know if you pay money for uh, an individual artwork your artwork will be one of one but we're going to try to look at some artwork i guess on a lower price point uh, and maybe look to make it more available because uh, fine art can be expensive it's not you know in everybody's wheelhouse uh, price wise um so yeah and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be at a place where i can try to do that so we're gonna take a look at it see what we can do and uh, hopefully it works out that's awesome. Again, just last thing um, for people out there, they can find you on Instagram and Facebook. Kyle yeah. Taylor Portraits. Kyle Taylor Portraits. Cool. Thank you so much for making time. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Last. Absolutely. Can't wait to see you more. Yes, sir. Cool. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast. If you're ready to jumpstart your financial journey and take it to the next level, you may want to join our 30 day habit challenge which you can find on our website, strivefor25.com, strive, F-O-R, the number 25.com. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram by searching strive for the number 25. And if you have any questions and want to reach out to us, you can also connect with us on our website. Thank you so much.